and learns the Joker, and here we go. Welcome to Movie Mayhem, where we uh, talk about uh, some uh, films, uh, just two friends talking about films together. Uh, this is uh, Tommy Taylor, a.k.a. DJ Tomcat. This is Morgan Gore, a.k.a. DJ Mogo, or just plain Mogo, or just plain Mo, however you want to say it. <laughs> So, what film are we going to be talking about today, Tomcat? Oh, we are talking about an interesting uh, film. So, we are talking about uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, uh, which turned 20 years old this year. Uh, this is directed by uh, George Lucas. And, and written by him, right? I believe so. Yes. And uh, this, it, I think it's funny how this film has kind of, uh, perception and view of it has evolved over the years from being very anticipated to uh, the most hated Star Wars film to people saying, hey, it's not that bad. There are some good things to now uh, perfect uh, meme material. That is true. But I do have a confession to make, uh, bud. Hmm. So um, yesterday was my first and only time of actually seeing this movie. And I did that so I could be prepared for today's podcast. <laughs> I have not seen episode one, two. I think I did see three once, so that's how backwards I am. But I have not seen it, But which is good because I've always wanted to see it and now had a reason to. So I, get, so I think I'm in a different... Um, view than you are because I have fresh eyes. This is my yeah. first time seeing it as a, you know, Star Wars fan and I get to just see it with new eyes without really any remembering any of the backlash I received or whatnot. So I got to just see it the film for what it is. So that'll be an interesting perspective which I'll be glad to share <laughs> once we uh, maybe start talking about it. So well to get things started, like you said, it's twenty years oh going to be twenty years old. I think it was released in May. 20 years ago, 1999 yes. or something. So anyway, so we have that as the cast. We have Liam Neeson as, what is it? Quagon Jin. Quagon Jin, thank you. Yep. <laughs> the spelling of it, I, yeah, it's weird. But I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, the younger version from, well, I guess let's go back to the history. So if you don't know, the original Star Wars was set back in the 70s. There was Star Wars, what was it, uh, then uh, New, New Hope. Hope, and then Star Wars. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back. And then Star Wars Return, Return of, of the, the Jedi. Jedi. Yes, that was back in the 70s. Those were the three original ones. And I think I remember reading that George Lucas, you know, he was he was done with it because that took a lot of out of him to write all that and everything. So he was done and then... He just he said if he wanted to write it again he would go back 
you know, to the history of before those movies. So that's why technically these movies are called episode one, two, and three. And the ones from the 70s are episode four, five, and six. Then that's only because he started this franchise now. So so that's a nice little interesting <laughs> of you there. <laughs> Although there are a lot of people I remember out there who, who really, who, who always claim episodes one, two, and three do not exist because that's how much they hated them. Oh, yeah. I uh, know people like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I remember I was like, uh, and I would always used to joke, even though I wouldn't do it, I was like, hey, let's come over and watch Star Wars episode one, two, and three. And they're like, no. So, <laughs> they know I was joking, but I believe they hate it that much. But um, so, like I said, um, back to the cast: Natalie Portman as Queen Padme, Amandala. Yes, yes, yes. And then uh, the child actor Jake Lloyd as the young Anakin Skywalker. Uh, the, what else do we have? The oh, we have to make mention of the voices of C three PO and R two D two R two D two. They are played by the same actors who also did the ones in the 70s, right? Yes. Yes. So, and I think, did the guy, what was he, R2-D2, Kenny Baker, he passed away, didn't he? Uh, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'm not sure what his last film was, but yeah. But it was nice that they were able to do these voices again, you know? Yeah. Take it back on there. And then there's Frank Oz, who voices Yoda, who was a, what, CGI image on there. Yeah, And then I have to give a shout out to my favorite character because, like I said, it's the first time I've seen this movie, so I have to give my favorite character a shout out of who's, who uh, Ahmad Best played was Jar Jar Binks. I can see myself being a Jar Jar Binks, just messing up stuff all the time. Yeah. I'm that clumsy <laughs> a lot of my life. And then uh, I have to give it up to uh, Ray Park, who played Darth Maul. <laughs> uh, you know, the Sith, uh, dark side of the Force, Sith fighter whatever you guys call him. Um, but uh, Ray Park, he's he's done a lot of films. He's You know, he's done martial arts and whatnot. So it, it was cool to see him in that one. So, and I did like the outfit. Not this was like the first time I've seen the outfit, but I liked him. I liked that outfit. I always liked that. So Yeah. Um, so what did you think of the casting? So I thought the uh, casting for the most part was uh, pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, and... No, with you have uh good characters. Uh, maybe the writing, you know, like especially the dialogue, and it can be sometimes a little bit uh dense. But right. uh, I always give credit to the actors. Uh, because you know, like uh, they're doing the best that they can with it, and uh, they do a really good job. Like especially. Uh, Natalie Portman as uh, Queen Amidala and her handmaidens. Uh, you know, like they did some amazing work. Uh, uh, Liam Neeson as Quagon, I thought was uh, really good. A very different character than we're used to seeing with the Jedi and. Ian McGregor, and I maintain this through, like, episodes two and three, is probably the perfect uh, Obi-Wan, because I don't see Ian McGregor as an actor. I see a young Obi-Wan, and, like, it's just through, like, uh, like the subtleties in his performance and uh, really channeling a younger Alec Guinness. Mm-hmm, yes. 
And um, I, I do agree because it, 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 I think it kind of took it back, you know, with episode one because um, in episode four, you know, there was Anakin Skywalker who, you know, who was um, the apprentice to Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know? Yeah. Um, so now this in this one, you know, you got to see who Obi-Wan Kenobi's apprentice uh, was, you know. No, he was who he was apprenticed to, I guess I should say, which was Liam Neeson's character. And... And you know, Ian McGregor, he did play it, you know, as a, you know, as a, you know, an apprentice. So I did, like you said, the little subtleties, things that he did. You know, young guy, um, he wasn't on his own and everything. And I don't want to say too much because last time I did some spoilers, and so until we say spoilers, I don't yeah. want to say uh, stuff right now. Let's go into kind of overall impressions of the film and then delve into spoilers. Okay. So me personally, like I said, first time seeing it, whatnot. Putting, you know, like, and I do get, like, so there were some parts that was just, like, a little drab, I guess. I don't know, yeah. you know, me, because, um, you know, I was looking at it and, and everything. So, if I, like, if I were to give it, like, three out, three stars out of five, like I said, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't like, whoa, I got to watch it again. I mean, I probably would watch it again just to watch it, but it's not, like, one of my, my things where I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to watch this five times. So, it was an average, okay film for me. Yeah, and I agree with you. Like, uh, for me, probably the uh, probably uh, the worst aspect of the film was uh, the dialogue, and mm. I'll and a few uh, story things out again to a little bit later. But overall, I feel like twenty years later, uh, this is there are good elements and you know like uh this was kind of the thing with 1999 it was considered kind of the end of like the classic film age and the beginning of the modern film age Mm. with uh matrix uh phantom menace uh often signed as the two uh, big influences. Right. Yeah, that's true. That it, yeah, I see what you mean, especially because of the visual effects and everything. That that was a big time error for that. Yeah. And so thinking about to the effects, I did like to say talk about let's say the costumes. I did like, like I said, I liked Darth Maul's costume. Yeah. I did like a uh, Queen Amidala's different costumes. You know, in the yeah. Queen setting kind of thing. Um. Just you know, like the big, the big head, the, <laughs> the outfits, and the makeup. Yeah, uh, all of that uh, was absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just a great job with costuming uh, and makeup. Yeah. Uh, like even like the interior scenes with Naboo, I thought were beautifully done. I I, I particularly enjoy the underwater scene. Um, just uh, I can't say spoilers yet, but um, just the, you know when they first go down to the underwater, yeah, uh, to see to meet the, the the group there, and so I did appreciate that. I don't know why I've always liked underwater scenes, so I thought they did a good job with that. And also, like I said, some of the CGI animals and whatnot. Now, this is one thing I with me just CGI in general, mm-hmm. and I get it. You know, CGI helps saves money or whatnot. But if you think back then, you know, a lot of people they had to make costumes for a lot yeah. of stuff, you know, so they really worked hard. But it also added a little bit more realism to it. So my, and I get it now, you know, with CGI, it helps 
you know, you can, the people could do a whole lot more with it and everything. But there's still sometimes some part of me where I was like, I think I probably would have enjoyed if they, you know, dressed up some more characters and whatnot. But that would have been a lot of people to dress up. Yeah, so. I can definitely understand where you're coming from with that. And kind of my view on uh, CGI, like, especially in the prequels, was I feel like George Lucas had a vision, mm-hmm. but. The problem was the technology wasn't up to the standards that it was. Like, if right. you look at, like, 10 years later, you know, like, you have Avatar, and, like, now in, like, 2019, you know, CGI is different now than it was back then. And I feel like uh, he kind of was so enamored with, like, the CG aspects uh, that, you know, like, you look at, uh, like, there are some scenes that hold up really well, but there are others where where you can really tell it hasn't aged well. Right. And, you know, like, for me, and I think we could delve into uh, spoilers now, Okay, well, this is, uh, all right, we're going to give a PSA warning to those. If you haven't seen the film, like I haven't since since it came out, um, we're about to go into spoilers alerts. Spoiler alert. Yes. Spoiler alert. Oh, good one. I like that. That should be, (laughs) we should use that as a, we should use that as a transition into the next one. (laughs) We'll record that separately and do that. But yes, so now we'll talk about some of the spoiler stuff. Okay, so here's what I, you know, because after I saw the movie, I decided to look up some things, you know, so I know what some stuff. Now, here's what threw me off. I'll start with uh, Natalie Portman as Queen Padme Amidala. Um, I did not realize, <laughs> I was kind of tricked because I did not realize that um, Kira Knightley was also playing Queen Amidala. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it was funny. I was watching and I was like, wait a minute. I thought that was supposed to be Natalie Portman. And then... You know, you see Natalie Portman as the handmaiden also, you know. So you saw them both together. But I was really impressed because I was like, wow, they made that really look good. Because I thought they were really walking next to each other. And I was like, wow, that's good. Because I was, yeah. <laughs> I really believed they, like, digitally put Natalie next to herself and just, uh, you know, walking. There wasn't anything unreal about it. And then I read, oh, because they used a stunt double because they, they looked alike so much. And I was like, oh, that makes sense now. Okay, because I thought that looked a little too real. So I was a little duped on that one. But no, it was very good because it was it was a good uh, stunt double, I guess I should say. Yeah, and you no, know, like, it makes sense in my mind that, you know, like, especially if you have ro- royalty in a dangerous situation, you know, like, that's a smart decision to make. Yes. No. After I figured that out, I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. And I was like, oh, okay. So that, that did add to it. But I have to admit, I kind of, um, even though it was weird, you know, I, there was a lot more scenes with Keira Knightley as, dressed up as the queen, you know, in yeah. the outfits or whatnot. I kind of liked her performance a little bit more than Natalie's performance as the handmaiden. I don't know why. Hmm. I, I guess because I... And I imagine, you know, Natalie did some scenes, too, and whatnot. But I guess because, you know, she was playing the queen. And, yeah. You know, she had, you know, she she was in charge of people, in charge of the, and everything else. So I did like her performance in that, and I thought that was very, you know, laid back. But then as a handmaid, um, 
but she, you know, she was what eighteen when this came out, eighteen, yeah. nineteen. So, you know, she was playing both sides of the characters. But I kind of enjoyed the performance as the queen more than as the handmaiden. But that's just me. So I guess I have to see episode two and three to see what that's like with her. So, oh, yeah. But also, um, during the race, did I see Warwick Davis in there? I, you probably did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in case nobody knows, Warwick Davis is uh, a short actor. Um, I don't want to say the word major, but short actor. He uh, used to, he was like the original Leprechaun. He's done uh, other oh god, other stuff. Uh, Willow. If you haven't seen that, I remember seeing him in that. And yeah, so good actor. I like him. Yeah, short guy. But I, yeah, during the race, I saw him up there. I was like, is that Warwick Davis? So there's that one. <laughs> so all right, what about you? What uh, spoilers you want to say? Uh, I'm. So, uh, going back to, like, kind of the uh, whole, like, trade negotiations uh, with the Trade Foundation, mm-hmm. you know, I found it really interesting that, you know, like, there's kind of this political game going on. And I know that, like, a lot of people, like, talk about how, you know, like, politics... The politics in this movie is boring, particularly, like, there's a lot of sitting around and talking, and I I can understand that politics, when written well, can be engaging. Uh, so one of the things I have uh, written down here is I feel like if they showed the emotional impact of the ordinary citizens of Naboo as mm. to like how these negotiations, this warfare was affecting them, you know, the ordinary person, then I think that the politics will have a little bit more of an emotional meaning. And you have... uh, And, you know, like... uh, Like, especially, like... Uh, going back to kind of the uh, special effects, uh, the drawings, I think, look really good. Like, they are, like, really interesting designs. And, you know, like, uh, I just really liked, uh, like, there are certain points of, like, this political intrigue feeling with the Jai that are, that's just really appealing. Yes, I, I agree with you about the politics part. Um, because, you know, when the, f- when the film opens, it just tells you, you know, what the issue is. And then all of a sudden you see um, Obi-Wan and, uh, what is it, Keegan? What am I saying? Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. Jeez, I don't know why I can't say that. Qui-Gon. Um, they go, you know, and ne- to help negotiate. And then all of a sudden, you know, because they were sent uh, to negotiate, they thought it was like an act of, not I guess an act of war or something because they got fear because they were Jedi Knights so they yeah. thought they were there to bully them so it just kind of started off like you said if I think if you saw how it did affect the people you know like you said it added a little bit of emotional aspect to it so yeah I didn't even think about that but what, listening to you say that I was like oh yeah that would make sense you know if you saw that because you, like you said there were some parts that were just uh, like I said before, like I said, drab and whatnot. Yeah. So it was kind of hard. Like I said, it was just kind of an average film for me with that. Um, yeah, and uh, there are a lot more political um, like moments, uh, like where it's 
reflective of the time. So you have kind of this classism uh, slash racism aspect with uh, the Nabu elite, uh, the humans, and the uh, Gungans, uh, you know, who are kind of living in kind of their own separate worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and you have, like, the slavery on Tatooine with right. Anakin and Shmi. So, yeah, so I, yeah, I do agree with that. And the, the tying together of finding Anakin... Um, of how that worked out. So I was just curious what you thought about how that, that, that whole storyline coming together, I guess, uh, that aspect. So, you know, like, uh, I think that, like, you know, like Tatooine, you know, like we've seen before in A New Hope, and, uh, you know, like, uh, with Jake Lloyd, you know, I think he gives a, Good performance as Anakin. I, in a way, it's kind of an expectation subversion because, you no, know, like when you think of Anakin, you think of Darth Vader as like tall, right, uh, menacing, evil. You no, know, like so you're expecting this messed up kid, and you get this kind of like innocent, just happy, ordinary kid uh, who is one heck of a pilot and pod racer. Uh, and, you know, like, uh, you have, like, that kind of uh, sarcasm uh, that you see in kind of the uh, later films. And, uh, and when we're on... Uh, characters going into uh, Jar Jar, I don't think like, I don't think he's as bad as people say he is. Uh, I feel like the I could see what George Lucas was trying to do and this is just my opinion. Uh, I feel like uh, the comedy would have worked if they maybe Toned down, uh, the goofiness. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do agree. I do because uh, I, I, although I do like Jar Jar Binks, there was a lot of where it was seemed like it was very over the top. Yeah, and, and like there were a few times, like especially with the dramatic scenes, where it's like kind of getting on my nerves a little bit. Yeah, I know. So there was that, and then you know you have their own language that they spoke, and I think yeah. So I, I do agree with you. Yes, it was a little bit too goofy. Sometimes, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, it's but like I did like the character, so you know he's supposed to bring you know comedy relief and everything. But I guess I just like the character because of just because I do like sometimes silly stuff. So um, and he was a little <laughs> funny because you know some of the language. I was thinking about this too throughout it. I was like, I yeah. probably like the language because it reminded me of uh, Sims language. Some of the stuff they talk. Oh yeah. No, if you ever played the Sims game, but that's how sometimes they talk. No, no, boo boo or. Culture of uh, whatever, yeah, they talk about so it kind of reminded me of that, which I thought was funny. So, but I do see where it could, yeah, it was a little over the top. Um, yeah, what did you think of the uh, pod facing scene? Okay, so I did, well, obviously, I mean, I, I, I like you know, I didn't have a problem with the graphics or how it all 
came together whatnot. Yeah. So I thought that was very good. Like the whole scene itself, you know, obviously I knew they were, you know, there's always going to be one or two cheaters always trying to knock someone off and everything. And, you, and I kind of already knew, you know, that he was going to win because obviously I, that's not where the story was going to go. Yeah. So, so it was a side, but like, as far as the, the graphics, I thought it were good. Um, See, and him as a kid, like I said, he, you know, he's a, as a pilot, you know, pod racer, you know, he yeah. knew what he was doing and everything. So I thought that was good. But, um, you know, speaking of going back to what, do you think, um, because he was so like innocent and young, I don't know what fans react to, reaction is, but you think his fans were upset about that? They, yeah. You think they I, were expecting him to be more broody or something? Yeah, I think so. And no, like, uh, it's, Really sad to see what happened to Jake Lloyd. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, he was just a kid. No one should blame him. You know, or like, uh, if you have a problem with the character, you know, like, don't attack the actor, the actor. Yeah. or the director. I did see, yeah, I did look that up too, because I remember, you know, re- reading about him, about how this film kind of ruined his experience in film. That's why he didn't return to it. Which really sucks because, you yeah. know, especially at that age, you know, he had to deal with, I read it, you know, he had to deal with bullying from school and then probably bullying from adults too, you know, who were Star Wars fans who just really took it too far to blame him or whatever. But, you know, when I looked back at his performance, I was like, it's not like I like loved it, loved it, but I wasn't like hating it. You know, I wasn't like, oh my God, get him away from me, you know? He's a yeah. kid. It was his first major film. He had a lot of pressure and whatnot. Um, so it was a lot to do. Like I said, it's not. I don't think he did like a terrible, terrible job. He did what he did, and that was it. So, which was very, you know, it's very sad. Um, shouldn't have that kind of experience. And I, you know, I read some of the comments too. Like after the article, some people's yeah. comments about it. Some and some people are just very cruel. Like one, he should be thankful he got the yeah. ball and all that. Da, da da da. It's like, oh, this was his mother's fault. And I was like, oh my gosh, you people. This is why I don't make comments on stuff like this. Because, yeah. You know, I don't have time. So, I mean, it was very sad, but, um, you know, you got to take away from that, too. That's kind of, that kind of sucks with that, so. Yeah, uh, with the uh, pod racing, uh, and in general, like, with a lot of the uh, space stuff, mm-hmm. uh, no, like, I feel like uh, that aspect uh, uh, still holds up uh, pretty well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, I don't really have any complaints like with the uh, CG, other than like it was what was available for the time, and mm-hmm. uh, for the time, it's uh, really good. You know, like the action's very fast paced, and a lot of people assume uh, that you know, like there were no like practical effects in this film, and. Uh, that's a common misconception. There are actually a lot of uh, miniatures used. Uh, so the giant uh, pond racing stadium, right. uh, that was all uh, miniature. Mm-hmm. You know, the explosion that you see at the beginning with uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan ship is practical. Yeah. Uh, so uh, then... I just want to touch on that really quick. The one thing with the pond racing scene that, and like this isn't 
like an overall problem, just something that I noticed is Lucas has a tendency to do these uh, pans from left to right, uh, essentially kind of like moving the camera. While those, while I don't, while they don't really affect my uh, enjoyment, mm-hmm. just like I maybe would have seen, want to see like maybe a little bit like less of that. Yeah. Uh, because see. for the most part, it's well shot. Uh, that's just kind of my uh, own nitpick. One of my nitpicks was is that I wish I could have seen more fighting with uh, Darth Maul yeah. in particular. You know, I kind of was upset, kind of upset because that he kind of just you know got cut in half at the end and fell. Not that I wasn't upset about that. I just kind of wish he would have at least lasted maybe to the second movie because I liked him as a fighter. Um, and I get why he was there. You know, he had to he had to kill uh, Qui Gon. Did I say that right? Yeah, Qui Gon, Qui Gon. Quagon. Quagon. Dang, damn it. I'm going to get it right, <laughs> I promise you. Quagon. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I get why, you know, he was there. He had, um, you know, at, you know, end the apprenticeship so that way Obi-Wan Kenobi could become, you know, the, the to train uh, Anakin Skywalker. And I already knew that Liam Neeson was going to pass because I never remembered hearing about him being in the other episodes. So, yeah. I already knew that was coming. But I kind of liked that fighting scene. I thought they there should have been more with that, um, or at least you know expand his character into the second movie, everything. So that was one of my nitpicks. I kind yeah. of showed to see uh, of him. Regarding Darth Maul, uh, I will uh, tell you this uh, when we're off air, uh, but but okay. uh, uh, he's kind. Of, yeah, I'll uh, tell you off air. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but with the uh, fighting, you know, like it's a different style from the original trilogy, and you know, like uh, especially you know, like uh, episodes four, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, like that's because like the technology with the lightsabers was very experimental for the time, uh, and. Uh, no, like now, no, like, and I think the criticism that some people have with the lightsaber fighting is that it feels like a choreographed dance, Mm. uh, which I can kind of understand, but at the same time, uh, no, like, the this is the Jedi in their prime, no, like, they were constantly on missions, they were training and you know like so like of course the uh fighting is going to be a little bit more fast-paced and you know like it was especially cool for me as a kid uh like i remember seeing episode one for the first time and when uh they revealed darth maul's uh double-bladed lightsaber right like my jaw dropped uh and uh this is a true story uh after i saw it i did a project with my dad uh using a piece of pvc pipe Mm -hmm. uh and made my own darth maul lightsaber (laughs) double-sided huh yeah uh with duct tape uh (laughs) 
and uh, red tape. I remember <laughs> as a kid uh, having many a lightsaber battle with my friends. Yeah. Did you win or were you cut in half? I, uh, both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> You, but you know, uh, you know, speaking, of, you you mentioning it when you saw this as a kid or whatnot. You know, this is probably a movie that probably more kids appreciated than adults. Yeah. Because you know, adults, they episode one had to deal with the original Star Wars that came out in the seventies, which a lot of people at that time, you know, that that's what their Star Wars were. Was, you know, that yeah. was their Star Wars universe. So when you add something new to it, you you know, you you kind of have to think that they're appealing to a new generation of people, you know, and of kids. So kids probably would appreciate it more back then when it first came out. Even now, if they see it now, they probably would appreciate it too, you know? So I think that's a thing that it was up against as well, which yeah. I, like I said, so I, no, I'm not a Star Wars and not, nothing like that. Hmm. So, I mean, I appreciate any film for whatever, what, if it can do, if it keeps you interesting, you know, great. So, but I think that's, like you said, when you're a kid, you appreciate this kind of stuff more. Yeah, well, maybe probably when I was if I was if I was a kid and I saw it, I probably would have been like you. Yeah, I'd have been like, "Wow, that's so cool and everything," you know. Like I said, I did find things cool about it, but you know, I'm just like, "Yeah, movie was okay." So, yeah. And uh, what did you think of uh, the music with uh, John Williams returning to uh, do the score? I I always liked the music actually. I did. I've always liked, um, especially in the trailers, but yeah. that's another story. But um, I've always liked the music. I never had a problem with the music. You know, I, you know what it's referencing. And it's always, you know, this big, I don't know, orchestra. That's what I meant to say. The music and coming up with that. So, uh, no, and I th like I said, especially with, um, you know, with the voices of R2-D2 and C-3PO, um, bringing back, you know, people from the original stuff. Yeah. You know, that's a nice touch to it, so... It seems like they didn't lose their touch with that at all. So, Duel of Fates, uh, to me, Duel is mm -hmm. one of the best, like not only pieces and song ones, but in, in general, because like you just get this energy mm -hmm. that it keeps going, and you know, like talking about you know, like kind of the uh, fight scene, Quagon and Obi Wan versus Darth Maul. Mm -hmm. No, like there is a lot of tension, uh, and one thing I really like that Lucas did was with these uh, laser gates. Yeah, uh, okay. and you see uh, Obi Wan running, and you know, like he's uh, blocked, and you see, you know, like Quagon gets stabbed, and you know, I've seen Obi Wan's emotional reaction. No, yeah. but it's not. Uh, but he doesn't attack immediately because the gates are preventing them. So like, you see like the tension. Yeah. There and when the gates open, it's uh, epic. Yeah, I know what you mean. That that added a nice effect to it. I wasn't. That that wasn't the different you know scene transition that I liked. You know with yeah. the gates, like you said. Um, because, you know, it was just them two and Obi-Wan had to wait for the gates. And and I, I think I especially liked when they all, th all three of them were, cap were trapped in between the gate yeah. shields. Because, um, you know, they stopped fighting and then um, uh, Qui-Gon. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Qui-Gon, you know, he was like sitting there and concentrated waiting for the gates to open. And then as soon as those gates opened, he was right at it, you know. Yeah. So I like that scene as well. Um, 
and to, like you said, um, it, and you know, you kind of saw the same thing. And I think it did pay homage to Star Wars because you saw Luke Skywalker when his when you know when um Obi Wan died yeah. in you know New Hope and whatnot. Although his body disappeared, which I which we'll talk about when that happens. Yeah, I have a question about that, but that's later on. The dialogue was a little, sometimes a little off or corny. I don't know yeah. the right word for it. Uh, um, I have some of the uh, dialogue uh, pulled up oh. uh, here. If you would Look like you. to uh, hear some of the uh, quotes. Uh, uh, I, For those of you who don't know, I, I do impressions. Uh, some of them are very good. Some of them are... Uh, very bad. Uh, I am not even going to attempt uh, Jar Jar. Uh, but I can do uh, a decent uh, Quagon and Obi-Wan. Mm. This is not play for the Trade Federation. You got to warn the Naboo and contact Chancellor Valorum. Let's split up. Stow aboard separate ships and meet down on the planet. You're right about one thing, Master. The negotiations were short. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, yes. That was like right after they got attacked and, <laughs> and they were about to leave. Yes. Yeah, and uh, one of the... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, your voice. Keep it's going. okay. And no, Keep going. <laughs> uh and like there are a few quotes that I just want to uh, talk about before I get to the impressions. Mm. So, Quagon saying, "Train the boy; he will bring balance to the Force." And throughout the prequels, there's this prophecy of the Chosen One, mm -hmm. you know, who will bring balance to the Force. To the Force. And and you no, know, like you have. The Jedi and the Sith, who have been kind of festering away. Mm -hmm. And you have uh, Darth Sidious, uh, whose identity is unknown. Uh, and uh, his apprentice, uh, Darth Maul. At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge. The dark side is all about uh, revenge, anger, hatred. And you have Yoda uh, talking to Anakin. And uh, my Yoda impression is horrible. So, so let's hear it. <laughs> Fear is a path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. You sound like a joker trying to be Yoda. <laughs> hate, leads. <laughs> hate leads to suffering. <laughs> I sense much fear in you. So uh, you I have Yoda, you know, like kind of warning of the dark side, you know, and you have uh, Yoda and Mace Windu talking. Remember, there are two Sith Lords, a master and an apprentice. And Mace Windu says, 
but which was destroyed, the master or the apprentice. Uh, that's kind of the overarching message of these uh, three films. You know, like, mm-hmm. who is this mysterious Sith Lord? You know, who is Darth Sidious? Uh, right. And uh, then you have uh, other... Uh, memorable lines, uh, Quagon, there's always a bigger fish. That's, yes, right. Uh, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, very wise ones from yes. Quagon. And then, uh, probably one of my, uh, I wouldn't say, like, favorites, uh, this jumped out, uh, of Anakin, you know, like being innocent and cute, and a lot of kids having uh, their first crushes, uh, asking Padme, are you an angel? Mm, yes, right. Uh, so uh, that is all the uh, terrible impressions that I have for today. <laughs> no, like, it ends on kind of this uh, happy note and uh, just... One last thing before we get to, like, conclusions. Uh, you know, like, the way that the Jedi, you know, like, uh, mourn their dead is through a funeral pyre. And, right. you know, I'm not sure if this is on purpose by Lucas, but, you know, like, at the end of Return of the Jedi, uh, spoilers for that if you haven't seen it. Uh, Luke uh, burns uh, his father's body, and you see like the silhouette of the Vader mask in uh, flames. And this is very important uh, for Revenge of Sith, which is a conversation for another day. Uh, but you see. Quagons, you know, like being burned. You know, I wonder if like that is like kind of like this, you know, like the father figure and then the apprentice who is now the knight, who is now the master, you know, and it's the same thing with Quagon, who's dead. Obi-Wan is now the master to Anakin. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to say, mm. like regarding the quotes. I remember um, one quote I thought it was like, oh God, this is so corny, was um, when Anakin was leaving his mother. Yeah. And she was like, um, and he's like, will I ever see you again? And she's like, what does your heart say? Like, lady, he's a child. He doesn't know what his heart says. <laughs> what are you trying to tell him? He's like, he's like, what did he say? He's like, I hope so. I'm like, well, yeah, of course you hope so. He doesn't know what his heart is supposed to say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anybody can say, I hope so, but I thought that was funny. And she was like, well, then you will see me again. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> so I guess we'll see if I see episode two and I have to, yeah, obviously, when I'll see episode three again. But, yeah. Um, so it was that. <laughs> I thought it was funny, but yes, and I also appreciated Yoda's words, you know, about the dark side of the Force, you know, about fear, anger, that kind of thing. And when they asked about Darth Maul, 
we as the audience knew that he was the apprentice and not the master because they mentioned that before, but the characters in the movie weren't aware of that. So that was a good twist to add, you know, for upcoming sequel and that kind of thing, you know, and figure out who is the master, which I do think it gives a hint too. So, and that, like I said, so that's a good thing to try to figure out whatnot. And like I said, and you know, I think another problem with this film is, like I said, for those who already seen the original Star Wars, a lot of this wasn't a surprise. Yeah. You know, so they, they, it's kind of hard to go up against that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, no, I, I just want to mention in kind of, uh, regards to, uh, like what was, uh, going on like in like pop culture at this time mm. is I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Weant Al Yankovic uh, and his uh, glorious uh, classic The Saga Begins so and so he initially he wrote the song uh, from uh looking at fan theories mm-hmm. uh and uh Luke's film wouldn't let him uh see the film prior so after he saw the film when everyone else saw it he revolts and pretty much predicts the entire prequel trilogy okay that's interesting i have not heard that i will i guess that's another thing i'm going to have to listen to now <laughs> yeah and the uh funny thing is uh he did a song for the uh, original trilogy. Uh, Yoda, I believe, was the name of the song. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to have to give me some information about that or send me links or I will. so I can listen to it. Yeah. Is it okay for me to listen to it now or do I have to watch episodes two and three? Uh, I wouldn't, uh, I'll send you Yoda, but okay. I'm going to hold off on the song that begins. Okay. All right. That's cool. I respect that. And it's almost about that time, so we're going to wrap up with our final conclusions regarding this movie. I've mentioned it before. Like I said, I give the film, you know, three out of five. Like I said, I didn't love it, love it. I didn't hate it, hate it. So it was, you know, right in the middle for me. Um, as for a first film to watch, you know, enjoyable, something to watch and everything. And, and um, I like the graphics. Like I said, uh, my favorite characters have been so far as Jar Jar Binks. Just toned down the coininess a little bit, and also like Darth Maul. I uh, was cool as that. And like I said, I was weird. I don't know why I liked Queen Amadella just as the Queen. So I guess maybe I performed. I preferred Kira Knightley's performance more than Natalie yeah. Portman's. It was very weird. Like I said, and I got tricked with that, but that was fine. Um, and everything else, like I said. So I once I watch everything, you know, maybe I'll have a different opinion. You know, once we go up to all the way up, what to episode eight? Yeah. Maybe. But, um, you know, because once I see everything and then this weird Al Yankovic, so who knows? At the end of it, we'll maybe we'll give like a whole big conclusion about the whole franchise itself. <laughs> but other than that, like I said, I was fine with the movie. You know, I'll, I'd watch it again. It's all good to me. And I like the music. I liked um, the introduction to RGD2 again and C3PO. Uh, well, C3PO before he was gold. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but other than that, like I said, three out of five for me. Yeah. Uh, no, I think after it's been 20 years, mm. you know, and I feel like, uh, 
this film does, while there aren't flaws, it doesn't deserve the hate that it gets. Uh, you know, uh, the politics, you know, and what Lucas was trying to say, I think, was more so reflective of the time period. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into that a little bit more with uh, two and three because, like, uh, those are like really apparent, uh, and you no, know, like I think the politics, you know, like again, just would have been more interesting if we had like emotional investments from the people who are being affected. Uh, I agree with you on George Orwell. Well, not bad of Canton. They need to kind of tone him down. Uh, no, and overall, just an interesting uh, start to the prequel trilogy. There are a lot of good elements. Uh, there are some elements that aren't great, like uh, certain visuals with the underwater scene, Naboo, uh Except for the uh, fight between the Gungans and the droids, uh, there was way too much CGI there. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a video game cutscene. Uh, and, you know, like just overall, I can't wait for you to uh, see episode two, which is Attack of the Clones. Yes. The tag of the clothes. I saw a trailer for that also yesterday, you know, just to see. The, these yeah. trailers aren't telling me anything, so I have to watch the movie. You know, I have to just see. I mean, they do tell you something, but I'm like, all right, all I see is, you know, more fighting and more lasers. So I just got to watch the story, <laughs> watch the movie yeah. for the storyline. So, um, so we'll see about that. And obviously, for those who haven't seen it, a little spoiler, Anakin is grown up. I, I don't know if this is, um, if this will be the movie where he and, uh, the queen, you know, become an idol. Yeah. And uh, so we'll see about that, yeah. And, you know, that's an interesting thing. That's another thing about this Anakin Skywalker actor. He, The guy who played him, Hayden Christensen, I haven't heard anything from him really at all, honestly. I mean, he's done some movies, but if you look at his profile, I don't know. I think he got some backlash for playing that yeah. character too. But we'll talk about that in the next episode or when, when we do our episode two Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Uh, so until then, uh, watch movies. You know, like whether they be uh, the biggest blockbusters or the smallest independent films. Keep watching, and I'll, and we will uh, see you next week. Yes, we will. Not sure what movie we'll see yet, but <laughs> we might uh, give you a little preview of what that'll be uh, shortly. But um. Until then, like you said, just keep watching movies. Uh, again, I'm DJ Mogo, Morgan Gore, just plain Mogo. And I'm Tommy Taylor, a.k.a. DJ Tomcat. And this was Movie Mayhem. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate it. Thank you.